Hey everyone, this is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at thepopbreak.com. Um, this is the beginning of our very last week of Oscar nomination podcasts. Um, you're all, you're in the home stretch, everyone, and so are we. This is actually our last the last one we're recording. Spoiler alert! Um, but the shit's out of order. Well, who cares? Um, I had to wait to see one of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Um, this we're going to talk about supporting actor and actor today. Um, this is a uh, we don't care about these basically. Man. I think you guys know that from listening to the podcast by this point. Um, tune in for actresses tomorrow. It's our magnus magnum opus, um, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, but this one is actors, so uh, let's start with supporting actor. Um, the nominees are Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver for Black Klansman. Um, Sam Elliott, A Star is Born, Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Sam Rockwell, uh, for Vice, Matt Taylor, who I forgot to introduce, um, <laughs> Hey, everyone. What, <laughs> our TV editor. Um, what, uh, tell me about Mahershala Ali and why he should, is probably the only person who will win this. Well, I hope SAG has good, um, chiro, um, health insurance because I hope, like, he carries this whole movie on his back and I just think, like... <laughs> It must have must have fucked him up a little bit. This movie is garbage, people. If you haven't figured that out yet from our ten podcast that is. Um yeah, and, and if you, and if not, you'll figure it out in the next two. <laughs> yeah, like you know, Maharshali is such a good actor. He gave a great performance in Moonlight, and um, his TV work is incredible. He was the only good thing in House of Cards for. Well, no, him and Robin Wright were the only two good things about House of Cards for a while, and like the fact that. This will be seen in many circles, I think, as sort of a career peak for him. Is kind of sad because he's he's fantastic. That is not a diss whatsoever towards him. He's he's the reason anybody likes this movie. I think, like, and the reason it's so, so successful. But I mean, he's given this terribly written part to play, and it is such a outdated, just bad film. And I hate to say it, like, it's like as much as he as great as he is, I just cannot get over like the badness of the film. This is, yeah. you know, Driving Miss Daisy, but, like, in 2019, which is, or 2018, which is pathetic. It's like, it's like, back in, when Driving Miss Daisy came out, the conversation was, hey, this movie's pretty retrograde and pretty, um, like, a bad depiction of, about, of racism. And now it's like, yeah, we Hollywood. made it, and then we made it over again, even worse with like a, a gender. We, we changed the gender of the woman, for God's sake. Yeah, <laughs> and we got Vigo, which we'll yeah. talk about. She got a fucking meatball to play the other role, whatever. This is a, um, it's a bad movie. Poor Maharshala, I, I love him. Yeah, I, he's great in it, and it's just unfortunate. You're right. It's it's unfortunate this will be seen like a career solidification when he has done such better work and, and will do so much better work. Um, Adam Driver and Black Klansman, a, a nomination I'm a little surprised by, honestly, um, partially because I think that movie is such an ensemble piece, mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm not angry about it. We all like our Adam Driver. I'm not angry about it either. Um, in the sense that I agree, this is an ensemble piece. The best performance in it was, an actress who I don't even know the name of, but the actress who plays the main racist woman and like she, she's really good. <laughs> she's the best performance in that movie. And Adam Driver though does have the that one scene where he talks about the way the case has made him change his the way he views himself as a Jewish man yeah. in white America. That scene is stunning, 
And yeah. his performance is so good in that one scene that I allow the nomination because it's a sort of thing that is a powerful piece of acting. Yeah, and it's it's the Oscar real scene for sure. And my one thing that I will, because there's not much else I could say about Black Landsman, I just want to say um, <laughs> to all the bros out there who stan Adam Driver, you know, like she's a problematic person, don't like her really, <laughs> like she, she, but like we have him because of HBO's Girls, and you know what, like Letta Dunham. Complicated person, but the misogyny that was leveled towards her from men, I feel, I, like, but the love towards Adam Driver has always bothered me. Now I have a chance to talk about it in a podcast and have it be relevant. So you know what, yeah. like, the, know your origins. Know how he wasn't discovered by his one scene in Lincoln. People. Yeah, yeah, it is very funny. I, honestly, she's going to come up a, a second time. Um, oh, it is yeah. funny <laughs> the way that people directed all of that towards him as if. As if she weren't writing the damn lines or no, yeah, exactly. casting. I, like, you know, Letta Dunham as a person is a whole different matter that we don't have to get into. But yeah. um, but it, it is funny that, like, Adam Driver got the career and she's just been horribly shit on. Some right. of it deserved, but anyway. Some, yes, quite a bit of it. Um, but, like, Girls, the show is fantastic and he's so good in it. And, like, it just, it always bothered me the way that, like, cinephiles have revised his career trajectory because it started from girls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sam Elliott is the next uh, nominee for A Star is Born. I, again, am a little confused. He's barely in it. But that final scene is very good. So I kind of can't argue with it. It is a supporting role. Who am I to judge? Also, realistically, Bradley Cooper's performance is partially Sam Elliott's because he does copy his voice. That's the whole point. Fully. (laughs) (laughs) No, um... I have, like, nothing to say. Like, it's sort of a thing where, you know, this is a career Oscar through yeah. and through. And I don't love career Oscars because of the way I, I don't know, like, it's, I, I don't know. But it's just, like, I don't love career Oscars. He's fine in the movie. He's not bad. That one scene, that his, his last scene in it, I'm pretty sure, is very well done. But, you know, like... I don't know. This is, we'll get to it. This is a year where there are so many people who had zero Oscar buzz, and I'm kind of like, all right, yeah. like, should we, get, we took away some nice nominations. Yeah, we've already talked about it more than we need to. Um, Richard E. Grant, for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, should win, won't, won't win, unfortunately, but man, I really wish there was a surprise coming because he's so fucking good in that movie. We've already talked about it a million times, but we're going to do it again. Um, and he's so perfect in this role of um, a gay man in, you know, New York during the AIDS crisis who clearly has AIDS and is living in a, a shitty world, but like is living his best life at the same time. Or um, projecting his best life, like yes, not even fully yes. living it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Totally projecting his best life and like such a charming con artist and just brilliant and that fucking final scene is so heartbreaking oh it is one of the best scenes of of last year i mentioned this on the pod i do not remember which episode it is so it might not have aired yet but um i fully cry talking about his last scene in this movie yeah. his last line is so so powerful and yeah. i mean it's a shame he's not going to win i think i truly think history will look back at that performance and kind of be like wow like we should have given it to him i feel like it's already the narrative he's getting yeah and, you know he just got as of the day we're recording this for those who keep track of these things um he got a new agent today and i'm like because i look at deadline a lot and Ooh! i'm like and i'm like use this stock like go be in other movies because he's so good yeah. 
speaking of um, using that stuff, do you know how he got into this movie, everyone? Lena Dunham. <laughs> yeah, um, that was a great – Was that was um, – I think you probably said it numerous times, but I heard it in his interview with um, Richard Lawson. Yeah, there's been a bunch of times it's been mentioned now, but like uh, apparently the casting director and everybody from this saw him on uh, on Girls and wanted to cast him because of his performance on Girls, and Lena Dunham cast him on Girls because of what Spice World, a masterpiece. (laughs) Um, It's my favorite story. In pop culture, other than Richard E. Grant standing outside of Barbara Streisand's house and then her writing to him on Twitter and him crying because of it. Like, He's adorable. He should win an Oscar just for being adorable. And honestly, that Spice World performance is fucking iconic. Thank you very much. Um, I love that damn movie. Um, Richard E. Grant for all the awards. Uh, the sure. final one is Sam Rockwell in Vice as uh, George W. Bush. He's fine in it. Um I don't – if he won, I would be furious, and he won't win, which is great. Um, do you want to move on, or do you want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, I have, like, literally nothing to say. It's, like, right. he's not actively terrible like Steve Carell, but yeah. he's also not particularly great, and I'm just kind of like, huh? Yeah, like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, like, it's the one performance in the thing other than possibly Amy Adams um, that I – that doesn't upset me on a deep level. Um, we're going to fight later, just, I think. But fuck it. We're, yeah, but that's all we can say about it. We're moving on. Um Best actor. Uh, oh, actually, any supporting actors we would have liked to see in there instead? I'm happy you asked because I have yeah. a ton. Um, oh, <laughs> no, so as a queer man, I very rarely care about boy, <laughs> boy performances. But oh. this was a year where there were a lot of actors in supporting performance, giving a supporting performance who I really loved. And it's the sort of thing, um, as I mentioned so many times, but I will say it again in case you were listening to our other episodes. Um, I make my own ballot and everything like that, and um, I only match up with Richard E. Grant. My other four actors that I would have nominated... Wait, really? Yeah. um, My other four actors I would have nominated were Daniel Kaluuya in Widows, who is doing the exact same fucking thing that Javier Bardem did in No Country for Old Men, and everyone stands Javier Bardem justifiably, but no one pays attention to Daniel Kaluuya, which is insane. Um, Wow, that's crazy. You know what? I would argue that Kaluuya is even better, because... That that goddamn that No Country for Old Men performance is just a haircut. I have not watched No Country in years, so I can't speak it's to its merits. But um, you know, I remember liking him in it, and it's just you know, Daniel Kaluuya is so fucking good in that movie. Um, He's great. He's great in that movie. He, man, the audience hates him so much. And it just, he's terrifying. But then in his last moment, yeah. as I wrote in a review somewhere, I forgot where, um, I think on Letterboxd, because I wrote reviews for this movie like three different times. Um, yeah. Including for the site. Including for the site, yes. Um, like, he's so good at showing in this final scene in the film, like, how his terrifying persona is performative. And mm. it's, oh, I love him. He's so good. That's um, a great way to describe that moment, honestly. Um, I also would love to have seen... Michael B. Jordan get nominated for Black Panther. Which oh, yeah, that's that's a great one too. No one, I I think people don't get the importance of movie star performances. Like, there's yeah. this whole idea of like that performances in action films are like lesser, and in many cases, you know, they are. But it it involves a list actors knowing what their screen presence is like and knowing how to subvert it in order to work on a film and this is such a great subversion of the persona he's built for himself 
um, over the past few years because I've seen so many people, especially after Creed, say like he's our next Will Smith, and I get that on some degree. I think he's he's a movie star if he like, or he will be if he isn't already. But like, mm-hmm. um, even though I think he he is. But, he is, um, yeah. yeah. I, I, would, I think he's safely in that that realm now. He's also more talented than I think Will Smith ever. Well, was. that's what I was gonna say. Like Black Panther, I think proves that he's capable of giving a complex performance because this is yeah. not your typical villain thing. Like he's he's playing a really well developed, complicated character, and he's doing it in this way. I mean, there's a reason that so many people were like, "Hey, like he makes some valid points." Like it's <laughs> like, um, like it's like. He's really great, but he's also terrifying, and he's so plugged into what Ryan Coop was going for with that movie, and I love his performance. He might be my win. Like, he might, he's the only person I might prefer to Richard E. Grant, and I have to watch both movies again to decide. Yeah, he, he absolutely should have been nominated. That's, he absolutely should have been nominated. It's, it's insane. It's a great performance, and, like, one we've been thinking about for, at this point, a full year, and, like, that is still just as powerful and like still as memorable. It's an iconic role. Like in 20 mm. years, people are going to look back at that role and be like, damn, what a performance. A hundred percent. The scene of him taking off his shirt is Ooh. like it, it, like a major moment in cinema, not because he's like gorgeous, <laughs> like because that scene is just like the moment that people remember from that movie. It's, it's yeah. such a good moment. Oh my God, I love that movie. His opening in that film is incredible. Yeah. Um, two more that we don't have to devote as much time to, but, um, Brian Tyree Henry, I think, is, like, a one-scene wonder in A Feel Streak of Talk. I think he's doing something really special. Oh, hell yeah! That movie is filled with great performances. Like, that, that is a true ensemble movie, but his scene really sets to be the most as, like, just one scene of, an, like, it's basically a monologue, like, an incredible monologue. Yeah. Um, and then it, also, oh, sorry. It, that is actually the thing I remember, I, I think about more when I think about that film than other than the score in terms of performances it's like it's the number one performance I think of even though like Regina's great uh, oh but, yeah she's but, wonderful but that's the moment that I like that whole scene is so fucking good so fucking good so good and um my one other one that I want to give a quick plug to which never got any buzz which is kind of crazy um Alex Wolf in Hereditary I mean so much of the attention yeah. was surrounding Tony Collette justifiably she's wonderful but yeah. like he has one moment in that film that is chilling and it's wordless and Ooh, he does yeah. so much acting through his eyes and oh my god what a what a performance that cuz that whole scene he has to it's it's very much i think i compared it to it at the time but it's he's literally doing what what happened in psycho when we have to switch our loyalties to a new character in one scene and he does it in silence and with also delivering, oh my god, the worst thing that could have ever happened just happened. What the fuck? How do you even deal with this? Like, you can, the way he reacts makes you think of all of the ramifications because of just the way he's, like, like reacting with his face. It's, it's terrific. It is, he's so, 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 so good in that movie. Um, oh, and one, one more really quick one. Um, Nicholas Holt in The Favorite, who is so, so fucking oh, yeah. funny. And yeah. All the talk was about the ladies in that movie, completely justifiably. They're all terrific. Um, but he's hysterical. He's like, a wonderful, like, villain type, for sure. For sure. I've never been on the Nicholas Holt train, but I'm the conductor now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Um, we're moving on. I'm embarrassed for you. I'm sticking um, to metaphors. I'm sticking through to metaphors. The next category is Best Actor, which oh. is, um, what a 
fucking wild category this is. This is maybe the wildest category. Mm-hmm. We've maybe talked some, about some other ones that might feel wilder, but I don't know. This is a tough. This is a tough one. Um, Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, um, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. Uh, let's start with Christian Bale in Vice. Um, LOL. Honestly, I don't understand. Were there no other actors available? What happened? So I hate Vice. We've talked about this so many times. Mm-hmm. I will defend Christian Bale. I think he's good in the film. I think Christian Bale is a actor who has given very few good performances, very few bad performances. I'm sorry. Oh my God, Christian. No, if you were if right you're listening, the first time. <laughs> if you're listening, Christian, forgive me. Um, I I like Christian Bale. I'm a bit of a Christian Bale fan. He's good in Dark Knight. Sorry, um, but no, he's fine. I 100 percent would not have nominated him. This was a weak year for Best Actor, but it's still like not weak enough where he should get nominated. But I think he gives he gives a good performance. I think in even though I don't think he's dialed into what McKay is doing. Like, I think he's giving... That's my problem with him, is he's in a different movie, and that's, like, the fact that he can't calibrate because he hasn't had training or whatever the fuck, that's my issue with the performance, is that it's a performance from a different movie, and that's a weakness on on his part. Because everybody else knows how to tune into it. He's the only one, and he's supposed to be a great fucking actor. He is a great actor. So, um, (laughs) I, I will defend Christian, the fighter. He's amazing. Um... This is one good movie. <laughs> oh shit, we're gonna we're gonna fight about him as we go through different Oscar years. Um, in our upcoming retrospective, people look. At, we'll talk about it ne- in the next episode. Yeah. Um, but um, no, just you know, we don't have to talk about it anymore. Vice is a bad movie. We should I'm never. We will for it. we will for we will forget Vice. Yeah, was, this is the last thing. time you and I ever have to talk about it. I, we should shoot a confetti cannon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, who, you know, if I had my druthers, I would want him to win. But the Academy clearly hates his fucking guts, so he's not going to win. But of this group, I actually think he's probably the one I would pick, which is insane. He's fully the one I would pick. He's actually my winner flat out, like, in my own lineup. I also think, because I forgot, I thought one actor was nominated who ended up not being nominated. I think he's the only true good performance nominated like i i get what bale is doing i think he's he's fine but like it was talking about a good performance in a good film i think he's the only one delivering a good performance yeah right off the top i can't really argue with you um yeah he's very good in that movie and it would be so wonderful if like someone would acknowledge that he is good like the biggest (laughs) this is so terrible like he got he won Grammys and you know what he won today the the day that we're recording this he won um like best director from PETA the animal group for like directing of dogs which is Wait, I just really <laughs> yes he did he really it's did his own his do- dog like it's, it's his like... own dog it it's so depressing like how much the, the Hollywood clearly hates Bradley Cooper that like one of the only awards he won for this season is from PETA. Honestly, um, but yeah, I would love if he like pulled a win out of this, but there's no way he's winning, which is unfortunate because he's he's very good in this movie. So he's good. excellent. It's the sort of thing again, like this is a blockbuster. Let's just like it, it yeah. might not be like a Marvel movie, but it's a blockbuster, people. And like he oh, yeah. is so good at subverting his narrative. I mean, like I yeah. was I was always kind of cold at Bradley Cooper. I think he's given good performances, but I think he is someone who just like. 
yep. swings way too hard more often than not. And this is one where I had no idea he had this in him. I mean, like, forget his director. Like, I am, like, genuinely impressed by the way he subverts what he usually does on film. And he plays this, like, relatively as low-key as you can be when you pee on <laughs> the Grammy stage in your movie. Yeah. Um, he gives a low-key performance that is so powerful. I, I think he's fantastic. Yeah, it's funny. My my mom and I used to call him Willage from uh his character on Alias was named Will and we just were like, Why this why is this boy here? This is about Michael Vartan. Please get this man off of my screen. I don't have time for him. So we would just like call it Willage anytime he had screen time. It was so dismissive. And then like we've talked for years, her and about her and I about like, you know, he is always trying the hardest in these movies with like Jennifer Lawrence for interested, but like never as good. Like he always seems a little out of his depth, but this is the first film where I was like, this bitch is fucking killing it. I am about it because that's like, you know, Norman, Norman Maine or well, Jackson Maine is a hard role to play. You have to make the audience fall in love with you so fucking much that they are devastated at the end as devastated as she is. And he, he does it. He pulls mm-hmm. the shit off, man. You were like, you totally buy into his his sadness and depression and all of it. It's great. It's he a great plays drunk great also, which is a but, hard thing to do. Like, well, especially I mean, it must be hard for him on many levels because oh, he actually true. had had a, an addiction problem, uh, specifically alcohol, for many years, and he's been sober for many years. So he's basically had to go into this movie and replay the worst moments of his life, essentially, because he had a marriage breakup because of his alcoholism. Um, so like. There's just so much at work here. The fact that he even got through the movie without, like, honestly, like, pulling a um, uh, Heath Ledger in a Dark Knight is astonishing that this didn't ruin his life, you know? it's uh, He's so good. He should win. There's no yeah, contest. He should win. Um, the next one is Willem Dafoe at, at Eternity's Gate, which, what a shock this was. I could not believe it. Thankfully, I saw this movie in a theater, like, months ago, like, thinking something might happen with it, and then after seeing it thinking like oh, this won't get any nominations um and then it did which i was so mad <laughs> i bet i um so it was a closing night film at the new york film festival and um i saw 15 movies at the new york film, 16 movies at the new york film festival so by the time i did not buy a ticket to the closing night film because i was so tired and i kept getting emails all week of like oh like where we still have tickets you should buy them and i was like no like i no one's going to talk about this movie and then it fucking gets nominated. And I'm like, really? Like, it's like, who saw it? And I got to say, I love Willem Dafoe. This is not a nomination-worthy performance on any level. I mean, what like, he's fuck? Willem Dafoe in it. <laughs> they clearly felt bad about last year with Florida Project. And we're just like, well, we have to nominate him this time. He's he We, we fucked up last year and gave it to fucking Sam Rockwell or whatever. Like, it, it's a bizarre choice. Like... He is playing Vincent Van Gogh, and yes, it's an abstract sort of look at the idea of Vincent Van Gogh, but, like, no attempt at an accent. <laughs> like, he's way too old, like, by 20 years, probably, to be playing Vincent Van Gogh. Um, it's what it's such a strange film, because it's, like, in America, it would get made fun of, but it's, like, so... It's, it, like, I hesitate to ever call a film pretentious, but it feels pretentious. It is... Boy, it's obnoxious. I I really did not like it while I was watching it. And it's very well made. And there's lots of things to like in it. Like, I actually don't think his performance is bad. I just don't understand what the fuck this movie is. I don't. And, like, he is just doing what he can with 
and doing very well playing the emotions, but I don't understand what the hell the point of this thing is. It's bizarre. I don't. I can't believe it got nominated. It's just um, the sort of thing. As I watched the film, I was like, "It's fine." Like, there's a, mm-hmm. but like, what? What was the point of it? Like, he's not the, the director. Julian Schnabel. Schnabel. Yeah, Julian Schnabel is not even trying to say anything about Van Gogh, really, like, or anything new. It's just the sort of, I'm like, what, like, what the was the message, point? The only message I got from, from it was, thank God he died young. If I had to live like this, with this view on the world, I would kill myself. I would kill myself. Full stop. It's just, you know, watch Loving Vincent instead, people. It's a good movie. It's um, way better. There's a, re- a real uncanny valley element to it, but it is better than this. <laughs> yeah, no. And, um, you know, talking about screen presences and everything, like, Willem Dafoe is someone who has a weird screen presence. I don't think I'm shocking anybody in saying that. <laughs> um, like, and with him being cast in movies, you either have to have that baseline Dafoe, which is, like, what he's doing in, like, Florida Project, which where he's lovely in Florida Project, where he's, yeah. like, a bit of a weird guy, but, like, whatever and then or you have to go up you have to make him really fucking weird and it's like this movie wants him to play van gogh and i'm like he never once disappears with this part his voice alone is so distinct that yeah. i'm like i never once sat there and thought like oh yes this is this is this is van gogh i was like this is yeah. Defoe. <laughs> and you made a good point that like the other performances are better performances like Mads Mikkelsen is very good as a priest in this for like 10 minutes, not even like five minutes. And then Oscar Isaac is weird in this, but like perfectly calibrated in this fucking asshole role as like Manet, I think. But like, yeah, I don't, it's a, I don't understand how this happened. Like somebody, we got to check into our files here. Somebody has to call the accountants because something went wrong. Um, the next one is Rami Malek, who's going to win it. Um, Ugh. I feel like it's telling that I spelled his name wrong in this um, this document, <laughs> even though I know exactly how to spell his name. Um, he's going to win it, and it's fine or whatever, but like he, like you just said about Defoe, he never once disappears into this role, and it is such a campy, bad performance in a lot of ways. Like, it's I like it in terms of how big the performance is, but like, so a lot of it's it's just not going to age very well. It's already aging par- fairly badly, and it just came out last year. No, yeah, I think we're going to look, at, look back at Bohemian Rhapsody as sort of like a what the fuck moment, if we're not already. I mean, let me tell you, like gay men are the historians of the Oscars, and yep. we're all pissed off, yeah. <laughs> um, like justifiably, and um, you know, his performance is. Like, it's an imitation more than a performance. Like, it's yeah. like, you know, Freddie Mercury had this incredible persona and a screen and a stage presence. And I think it's interesting that, like, he plays Freddie Mercury in his stage persona in every scene, whether he's on stage or not. Like, he never yeah. once feels like a person. So it's sort of thing where I'm like, you know, I've said this before. It's like, any award for Bohemian Rhapsody is an award for Queen. And I'm kind of like, we get it. You all like Queen. But, like... <laughs> When I like a band or an artist, I'd rather see them accurately represented on screen. And, like, it's funny to me that Rami Malek, at all of his fucking speeches, which have done done him no favors in my mind. Hell um, no. He always is like, I want to thank, like, the ghost of Freddie Mercury. And I'm like, he wouldn't like this movie. You he make would, him look bad. Like it's He would like, hate what a conventional piece of shit this is that really makes the point that he could not have gotten anywhere with the me- without the mediocre straights 
who are in the band as well. Right. Fuck that. There's like there's that and just the whole fact that it's like he got like he gets AIDS as a punishment in this movie for like yes! for being yeah. like for not wanting to live a conventional life. I'm like, Mike, it is such a bad movie. He'd be fucking horrified at this piece of shit. And like, I've, I've actually liked Malik's or talked about liking Malik's performance in the past, or like at least being like, you know, I, it is a lot of, there is a lot of acting going on, but you're right about it. It works best in the performance scenes. And then in the rest of the scenes, he's playing it at the same level and it doesn't make sense, but that whole movie's at that level. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's almost tough to judge. Like, it's almost hard to fault him for that because, like, the whole problem is the movie and and everything about it. Um, the final person is a, a meatball named Vigo Mortensen uh, in Green Book. We've uh, we've talked shit about him in this movie so much. I don't know what else there is to say. It's over the top. It's bad. It's <laughs> I again cannot believe it is nominated because. It's just such a shitty performance. It's not good. I don't understand how this happened. No, yeah, it is such a weird perform weird performance to be nominated. And also, because we already trashed Green Book so much, like I'd rather actually just use my time with the mic to say that like um like this is a weird pick for Vigo Mortensen. Like, you know, I was never a major fan of his, but I liked him. I think he's incredible in Eastern Promises. Um, but what I always sort of admired about his career was that, like, he picked weird movies. He went through his whole Cronenberg phase. Yeah. He did Captain Fantastic, which is, like, not a su- totally su- totally successful movie. But at the very least, is doing something really ambitious and weird. And um, not your typical Sundance indie. I'm assuming it premiered at Sundance. Like, it might not have. But it, yeah. if I had to guess, it, it's a Sundance movie, people. But, um, like... It's just, like, this is such a weird pick for him. I mean, like, what about this was appealing to him? It's so not even remotely challenging. And, like, oh, it just, I, I really, Green Book is such yeah. a bad movie, people. <laughs> and he fucking phones it in, too. It, like, he he's clearly not even trying. I don't understand. Like, it's such a bizarre performance. I don't understand how it connected with people and the movie connected with people. It, the, the actor race is such a, like, symptom of the most bizarre fucking like voting i've ever seen i don't know the academy is going through a lot of changes but this is wild i don't know what else going on here um who would you have nominated instead of basically everyone except for bradley cooper (laughs) so my um lineup was bradley cooper um Ethan Hawke, who I genuinely thought was nominated for First Reformed, and, like, until you started listening to the nominations, and I'm like, wait, really? Like, he was snubbed? Jesus. Um, and, you know, not a, again, this is a weak year for Best Actor. Like, not a phenomenal performance, but I think he's good, and I like Ethan Hawke a lot. Um, I, Stephen James in um, Beale Street, I am, like, I blame purely Annapurna for just not knowing how to market a movie, because, like, it's kind of crazy to me that Stephen James didn't get a nomination, and yeah. um, they clearly had to throw everything behind Regina, which makes sense. But yeah, yeah, it's it's sad. I would have put him in supporting. It's one of the. I mean, like it's yeah. a border, it's a borderline performance, but I think in supporting he might have actually had a narrative to get in. But mm-hmm. he he is the lead though. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. But you know, yeah. it, it, they do category for it all the time. Yeah. Um, and then um, John David Washington, a black landsman. Like, that's shocking to me he didn't get in, especially since Adam Driver got in. Yes. I mean, of the two, certainly not. I'd never, uh, like, you would, I would always pick 
John David Washington over Adam Driver. So it's weird that like, I don't know. I don't understand how that happened. Again, what happened here? We got to call the accountant. Something went wrong. No, yeah, fully. And then three performances that never had any buzz, but I did like them quite a bit. <laughs> where um, David Diggs in Blind Spotting, where he oh my, is the, so good. That is such a good film and so underrated and like underseen. That's a hundred percent true. That is a phenomenal performance. His work in that final scene mm-hmm. or two, god damn, so impressive. I hope he has a long career. Mm. Um, I mean, I love him on in Hamilton, but like, I'm happy he's doing other like interesting things in in um film yeah and um also ben foster in leave no trace i like him a lot in that it's a shame that movie got no buzz and it's it's a really lovely film and he's so good that's a great call that's a career good like great performance he's so good in that and lastly my baby lucas hedges i don't (laughs) love the film but i do love his work in um in Boy Erased, which I I could I always could, I almost confused it with Beautiful Boy, and I'm like, what boy movie was it? Um, Beautiful Boy Erased. <laughs> he, he Boy Erased. He is really good in it, and I think that's a testament to casting a queer actor in a queer part. I don't think it's necessary. It's necessary fully. Um, like I'm not one of those people who thinks like a queer actor has to play a queer part and everything, but mm-hmm. I think he brings an authenticity to that character that that mm-hmm. film does not have, and. It's yeah. really lived in and beautiful, and um, I I think he's so good, Lucas Hedges, and we're sleeping on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I can't argue with anything you said there. I mean, like, you're right. He, he, he brings an authenticity to it that's, like, subtle, and what makes you think that movie, like, what would help people mistake that movie for being good when it's not actually good? Does that make sense? No, yeah, because that's the sort of thing, I said this when we reviewed it, like, that movie, Boy Erased, is, like, an effective piece of filmmaking, but, I mean, like, it's essentially just trying to argue that, like, abusing gay men and gay women is a bad thing. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, it's like any queer person in the audience um, would, it was like, well, yeah, like, we're, we're there, we, we trust us, we agree. But, um, you know, like, I think what Lucas Hedges is doing and what a straight actor wouldn't be able to do is is be like, hey, like... I'm going to play this as a person, not a plot device, which is what he was written as. And I think <laughs> he fully does that. Yeah. He does no, the same he... thing in a much better film. In... Oh, not the same thing because he's not doing conversion therapy. But, like, his performance in Lady Bird, I think, is so underrated. It is one of the best portrayals of a closeted teen. Spoiler alert for the movie, I guess. But, like, because it is kind of a surprise. Yeah. But, um, like, his performance in Lady Bird <laughs> is so beautiful. And I tear up all the time thinking about his big scene in that movie yeah that's he should have won supporting actor for that oh he's honestly so good, so good in lady bird he made Ooh. he made my ballot that year <laughs> was that rockwell who won that fucking award yeah that was another shit show best supporting actor last year where it was like <sighs> willem dafoe was so clearly the person they should have gave gave the win to in that in that category and they were like yeah. no but we're gonna nominate woody harrelson for having 20 minutes in Three billboards. The worst fucking movie. Oh, God, get your shit together, actors. That's that's the note we're ending this on. Um, yeah, that's that's our um, that's our coverage of the actors. Who cares? Um, tomorrow, tune in for the the actresses. We give a shit about those. Boy, do we give a shit about those. That is our probably our second longest uh, <laughs> episode. Um, oh wait, 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 we should we should say it's a given. But obviously Jason Moama or whatever his last name is should have won for Best Actor because of Aquaman, right? 
Absolutely true. Jason Momoa for all the things. Um, and the guy who plays his dad for a supporting actor, 100%. Actually, no, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson for, for a supporting actor. Ocean Master. Ocean Master. <laughs> God, I love that movie. It's so good. All right. That is, that is our actor coverage. Tune in tomorrow for Actress. All right, bye, everyone.